Well, welcome, worshipers. Amen. Woo! I wish I wish Advent would happen more often. Mm, mm, beautiful. Thank you, guys. Nice to have those young ladies up here singing with us, too. Amen. Great. Amen. If you were here with us last week, we were talking about, basically we were talking about the greatest worship fails of all time. And we were trying to be careful that as we come to him in worship, that we don't fail in worship, that we would be good worshipers, the kind of worshipers that God intends. And the only way we can do that really is by finding through the divine word of God uh, exactly what that means to be a good worshiper and who we're worshiping. And so today we are kind of dovetailing a couple of things. We're at the Advent season uh, with several messages that we will talk about uh, today. We'll be talking about rest and hope that is found in Advent. Um, and we'll be talking about joy and peace and the incarnation as, as those uh, Sundays, as we get closer to Easter, I mean, closer, closer to Christmas and then beyond. And then Easter comes after that. And then it's a whole new season and Pentecost. It's, I mean, it's great. Um, but today, I wanted to share a little bit, because we are, especially we are in Advent, the importance of ritual as part of our worship. And oftentimes when we think about ritual, we can think about kind of an empty religious, religious religiosity, religiosity. That's what goes through my mind, at least, if I don't know about you. But kind of an emptiness of just kind of motions. But there is something that we are called to as the people of God as a kind of a meaningful ritual. Uh, rituals in our lives that have um, profound, that, that, that we celebrate profound truths and we, our bodies and our minds begin to conform to those truths. And so we have uh, seasonal remembrances. So we have, as you we were saying, we have Advent and Easter. And we have um, all of Holy Week, Pentecost. And for us, the calendar provides an opportunity, a kind of a, uh, just a way to kind of focus and prod us and remind us this is the next thing. Don't forget this. So our faith is something that's happening on a daily basis, but it's also on a seasonal basis where we are moving from one great celebration to the other. We, uh, where faith becomes a way of life for us. It's marked in seasons and according to the weeks, at the beginning of the week and all throughout. It is a rhythm for us. These rituals are a rhythm for us. But they are rituals that are filled with very important meanings. And so we don't want to become a religious people that just go through things mechanically, but that we are a people who are celebrating the gospel all the time. And we're finding out how it affects our lives. In the life of Redeemer, we have all those different events, but we also have like a church birthday that we just celebrated. And we got to see Linus drive the, skate, the big skate, uh, skating car around the rink and celebrate nine years together. And then uh, next year, we'll celebrate 10, and like our fifth anniversary, we'll have a big party, and there'll be dancing and, I don't know, singing. There'll be, we'll have a great time. Literally, we're actually dancing. Uh, so we'll celebrate together. 
as the people of God because God has been faithful to us and he's been working in our lives for a season together. What a joyous thing. We also have uh, Thanksgiving. And for us in the life of our church, we have crossover basketball camp. Like that's a, that's a way for us regularly, at reg- regular drip to remember there's a world around us. There's a community around us. How can we serve and, and love the families that are in our community? We have this Christmas party coming up, uh, a regular rhythm to the life of our church where we get to retell the story of Jesus' birth. And we get to enjoy singing together and eating together and fellowshipping together. But God's rituals, the rituals that's encouraged us in the Bible, also have a weekly remembrance as we come together uh, for this service to celebrate, to confess, to hear the word preached, to sing of his praises. We have these, we have discipleship and fellowship that's happening every Sabbath day, every holy day. It is a regular remembrance for us to enter into God's rest. We also have ordinances that are regular for us, the taking of the Lord's Supper each week, of baptisms, especially on those special events where we have, uh, where we might, where we have Easter and, and Pentecost, and great times for us to, to, to welcome new, uh, new saints into the body of Christ. But even beyond that, we have our daily personal times of fellowship with the Lord. Great importance that we are spending in our own time in prayer and in devotion and reading the Word of God and sharing that with our families as well. This is a regular ritual. They're not just like mechanical things, but they're things that are full of meaning and value. And this is the life of the people of God. This is our life. This is our rhythm. And if you string it all together, you will find that as you put those things together, we now have a history, a history with our God and a history with each other. We have a spiritual journey. You you put all that together, and what do you get? You get a spiritual journey. And so we come together to celebrate Advent. And these kinds of celebrations are marked out in the Bible Remember, as the children of Israel passed through the Red Sea, on the other side, God tells them, now teach your children about this. Before they even left, he said, now I want you to to have this meal with the people in your family, and I want you to tell this story of the Passover over and over again on an annual basis. Don't forget the Passover. And so it became a, a part of the life of the children of Israel and is a part of our life even today as they marked out this important season not to forget. And, and the value of it was to both enjoy what God had done to, to viscerally uh, participate in God's promises and, and show his faithfulness. It was also a time to teach our children and the others, the the newcomers to the body of Christ, this is what it is to be God's people. This is God's faithfulness. It is a celebration of what was, what is, the now and the soon to be. And so when we come together, we have to celebrate. We have so much to celebrate. There's so many things for us to consider as God brings us together to remember what was, what is now, and the soon-to-be. And so Advent season, you know, I went, you know, I grew up a, a good Southern Baptist boy, you know, and 
we, we didn't really celebrate Advent. We just celebrated baby Jesus, right? But there's, there's something richer to the story, right? It, it is, Advent is meant to say, let's not just remember what was, but us also remember what is to come. So Advent's a celebration of Jesus' coming. More so his second coming than the one he came with first, right? But altogether, we are celebrating what was, Jesus' coming. And then we are also celebrating what is to come. But our story, as a lot of good stories are written, are in media rests, in the middle. Our story begins in the middle, right? We aren't where the was. We aren't actually what's to be right now. We just started, we picked up the story right now, you and me, right? And so we have to remember back and then look forward because we started in the middle. And so the people of God need to understand our place in the whole history of things. We have to regularly remember that which was and look forward to that which will be in order we might know who we should be in this moment and who we are. And so in Hebrews chapters 3 and 4, we see this remembrance. It is, it is this uh, almost like a holiday in the middle of Hebrews where it remembers what was and looks forward to what will be. While the main, right, right in the middle are the, is the writer telling the story. And we're right there with him. Although this happened 2,000 years ago, we're right there with him. The writer of Hebrews is looking back 1,300 years before, uh, before him, and he is remembering the stories of the wandering in the wilderness. And as we read Psalm 95, the writer of Psalm is also looking back at this story and remembering where the children of Israel were wandering in the desert. We talk about two different locations, and the, the final location is a place called Kadesh Barnea. In Kadesh Barnea, they are looking into the land that God has promised. It's the land that was promised to Abraham thousand years before. The land that they were looking forward to, the the home that they would go to, and they would enter into God's rest there. They would find peace. They would have their own governance. They would have their own, God would be their king. The land would be their own, and he would establish his kingdom among the world. As we look at the story of Abraham, he was meant to be a blessing to all nations. It would be the, the epicenter of God's blessings to all people. And they were looking forward to it. They'd been looking forward to it since Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. They'd been looking forward to it even in the, the, what they little they understood during the captivity. And as Moses brought them out, they were looking forward to going to this place that God was promising, a place of rest. And as they stood at the precipice, looking into the land that God had promised, they failed in faith. If you heard our brother read, he was from Psalm 95, they, they failed to remember God's promises. They failed to look into his plan and his provision. All they could see was in Medius rest, right in the middle of the story. They had forgotten God's faithfulness for a thousand, a thousand years before. They forgot their history from, 30, for, from three months before, right? Didn't we just go through the Red Sea, right? And because of that, 
a large majority of the people of God did not enter God's rest. And so as you read Psalm 95, he's really cautioning us. In fact, it's, brought, uh, he, it's remembered here in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 15. Let me, let me come to that in just a minute. Let's first read Hebrews 4, 6 through 11. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, that's talking about God's rest, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter in because of disobedience. Again, he points, appoints a certain day, today, saying through David so long afterwards, the psalmist, in the words already quoted, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts like the children of Israel did looking into the promised land. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Did you catch that? Joshua was saying that in just a minute we're going to enter into that promised land. And he got to lead them into the promised land. And so they were looking for rest, but they didn't take all of the promised land, and they did not receive rest. So then, verse 9, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. They didn't find it yet. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Did you catch that? He said, he mentioned God's rest, verse 10. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works. What was God's rest? Do you remember? That's right. On the, on the seventh day, God rested. What was he doing? Did he get really tired? No, God doesn't get tired. God ceased from his work. He just stopped. It was done. That, was, that part of it, right, was done. And so now he was rested. And now he's saying, people of God, that you and I can have the same kind of rest. After some of you have worked your, the bones, broke your, your fingers to the bone on Thanksgiving, wouldn't it be nice to have a little rest? Not that turkey-induced kind of rest, but I mean like... Are you, aren't you tired of the struggle of, of work, of your finances, figuring out how, in this, how is this going to work out? Aren't you tired of the struggle between husband and wife, the struggle between your children and you, and the success and the failures? Don't you just want to rest for a minute? Just for everything to be at peace, for your mind to stop racing. Amen? Amen. He offers you a peace that is to come. Just as God was at rest 
you too are offered a rest. It is coming. It is the not yet. It's coming. But that rest is also offered to you today. Hallelujah. It, it is a rest that is to come. And so we hope for that. And in hoping for that, we also are receiving some rest today. It's not the same kind of rest exactly that we will have, but it's a kind of peace that we have now. And in fact, we don't have to keep working our way towards God. He has made his way to us. So our working and striving, well, he's done it for us. And as you then take an evaluation of all those things that are causing you great stress and distress, pause for a moment. Celebrate Advent. Breathe in deeply, brothers and sisters. There is a rest that is to come, and there's a rest now. And in fact, the Sabbath day is a day of rest. And so as we come and we worship together, we need to find this as a time of rest. Have you felt it before? As you come here and you are so, and you come and you hear the word of God and you sing uh, worship to him and you give and you take the Lord's Supper and you participate in all those rituals. At the end of it, you go, peace, peace. There's peace here. And he offers that to us as a Sabbath rest for God's people. But it need not be on one day. No, no. It is a daily rest that we may have. Brothers and sisters, enter into his rest. Know his peace. I sure needed to hear that this week. It is a kind of peace that basically says, you made it. <laughs> but with both Hebrews 3 and 4 and also Psalm 95, just as it is a meant, it's meant as a, a solace for our soul, it is also a huge warning. Listen, this is a repeat of Psalm 95 found in Hebrews 3, 7 through 15. He says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as they looked over at Kadesh Barnea on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers, lest there be any of you in an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, today if you hear his voice and do not harden your hearts, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. People of God, we have to be the people of God. 
Today you may have come and you don't have this kind of faith. Today receive this kind of faith. Live in this faith. Trust in God. My prayer for us as the people of God is that during this Advent season, you might find rest. As you are shopping and trying to figure out how to pay for shopping, as you're trying to get all your work done and also celebrate, and as you're dealing with your (laughs) in-laws, I offer you peace. And it's Advent season. Remember what was. Remember what is to come. For today is the day of salvation. For today's rituals encompassed with the history and the hope of our God. And in remembering it, today's troubles are dwarfed. This is the finished work of Jesus on the cross. It is our eternal destiny to be with our Father in His rests. Enjoy the Advent, the ritual of Advent. Enjoy the weekly rest of Sabbath. And live out your daily life of private and family worship. And have peace. Amen.